We're continuing a series we've been in, uh, January, February, March, getting to the heart of the matter. And if you are like me, I'm sure that you are burdened by all that is going on, has been going on in our country. You know, we live in such a broken and sinful world. God, I was thinking about this, that, that God created a beautiful world and He looked at it and said, it is good. Uh, he looked at, at man and woman who He created in His image and He said, it is very good. And it was good and there are still many good things about it. But over the last few weeks, man, we've seen just such a mixture of humanity. We've seen some of the good in, in what God created. We've seen love and kindness and humility and people standing up for one another and, and fighting for justice. And, and we've seen people coming together and praying to God and asking for help. And we've also seen a lot of, sadly, things that are not good around us, people not responding well. And we've seen the work of sin coming out of our hearts and others' hearts. We've seen the work of Satan around us, dividing us. We've seen hatred and injustice. And the whole point of this series we've been doing this semester is really to, to just realize that, that sin and evil and hatred and these things we often see, it's not something out there, but it's really something that starts in here. That's the whole point of the series. It's getting to the heart of the matters. It begins in our hearts. This whole series has been trying to get us to look at our hearts, to address the sin that's coming outside of us, that comes outside of our mouths, that comes outside of our attitudes, it comes outside as we judge other people or how we think about others. And my goal has been, I, I want us to, to dive down deep, to understand our hearts so that we might repent of sin and run to the, the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ and so that we might be transformed from the inside out. This is what we've been going through is Mark 7, 21 through 23. I'm just going to read this. You don't have to turn there. It says, Jesus said, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. The change we need as individuals, it doesn't start from the outside and work itself in. It starts from the inside through Jesus Christ transforming our hearts and it works itself out in how we live and the things we do. And so tonight, just with all that's going on, I was already thinking about doing this anyway because I've talked to a lot of teens who have been battling um, discouragement, despair, um, talking about you know being depressed, feeling lonely, which makes a lot of sense in a season when you're isolated from others that you would have those feelings. But we all have these feelings at time of just sadness and I feel blue or I feel discouraged you know I, I feel maybe it's maybe it's looking at the world around us and realizing man there's so many sinful broken things about this world and you can get discouraged about that or it may just be looking at yourself and going there's so many broken sinful things inside of me and bad desires and we get sad at times we get discouraged we start to despair um you know, and, and, and sometimes we don't know what to do with those feelings. So I feel this way, 
And I look around and I think, man, everyone around me looks joyful and encouraged. And my parents are encouraging me to be filled with joy, but I don't feel that way. And we don't always know what to do with that. We think, is this sinful? You know, how do I know if this is sinful or if I'm just sad? Because this is the reality of the world we live in. And, and when's the point of I need to repent versus I just need to, you know, run to the Lord? And, and we don't always know what to do with those feelings. And the Psalms are wonderful because they express what many of us feel. They put words to our feelings that are God-centered and taking those feelings to the Lord and, and interacting with God with how we feel. They're poems of praise and desperation and prayers crying out to God for help. Many times they, they, give, they give words and prayers to what we're experiencing in our lives. And Psalm 42, what we're going to look at tonight, is all about wrestling with feeling distant from God and battling discouragement. And, and I hope, one of the things I hope it encourages you as we read it is just that, man, the psalmist felt things that we sometimes feel. And he's giving an expression. He's taking those things to the Lord. Instead of running from God, he's running to God with those feelings and emotions. And he's interacting with the Lord. And I love what he does and what God does in his heart, how he transforms him. So Psalm 42 Beginning in verse 1, we're going to read uh, not the whole psalm, but different portions of it. So Psalm 42, verse 1 says this, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? So his, his tears are speaking to him. They're, they're mocking him. Where's your God? He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. Look over at verse 9. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? So it's not just his tears, it's others mocking him saying, where is your God? And finally in verse 11, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation, and my God. And you can read that and you can hear the discouragement. You can hear the despair. I mean, this guy is really struggling in his soul. It's in turmoil. He has a downcast soul. He thinks, and, and the thoughts that are coming is, God has forgotten me. He sounds really depressed uh, it reminded me just, you know, when you read some of these psalms sometimes, they just sound so, so down and like they're, 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 they're in this horrible situation. And it reminded me of these posters that I saw years ago. I don't know if you guys have ever seen 
these um, posters in doctor's offices and things. They're like motivation posters, posters about success. And there's some like little saying underneath it. So this guy came up with these posters called demotivators. I want to show you some of them because I'm reminded of them. This one says mistakes. It could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others. Or failure when your best just isn't good enough. Doesn't that encourage you? That's kind of how I feel when I'm reading this psalm sometimes. Or this one. Mediocrity. It takes a lot less time and most people won't notice the difference until it's too late. (laughs) Or finally, losing. If at first you don't succeed, failure may be your style. I I just, I thought of those when I read this song because I thought there's, there's times we just feel like that. You know, those motivator posters don't work for me. I read them and I'm like, that doesn't motivate me at all. Just times we, we feel hopeless, despair, lonely. We feel like we're a loser. You know, we feel like we don't have any friends and we're just, our soul's in turmoil and we're looking around and comparing ourselves and we're thinking, you know, why, why have you done this for them, Lord, and you haven't done this for me? Why have you forgotten me, God? We all have feelings like this of discouragement and despair. And so I want to see what can we learn about this? How can we get to the heart of the matter and teach our souls how to respond from this psalm? A couple things as we look through this psalm. First of all, you'll notice in verse 1 and 2 that he begins by describing his thirst for God. You know, my soul thirsts for you, God. We've turned this psalm and verses like this into like these worship songs that, you know, it's like really like soft music and we're singing like, my soul thirsts for you. And that's like an encouraging thing. In the psalms, this was not an encouraging thing. This isn't something he was saying, we need to all thirst for God. He's saying, this is a painful experience. He's saying, you know, like my soul is so, it feels like I'm starving and I'm about to die. I'm like a deer that is about to die if I don't get some water. That's what my soul feels like right now. You know, we, we, I've even seen pictures like this. I don't even know if the uh, Christian bookstore is still around. I haven't been in one in a long time, but I remember after I became a Christian going into the Christian bookstore and seeing like these prints and stuff with this beautiful deer and he's like by a stream of water and they'd have this verse on there and if, if, if there was a real painting of what this verse is describing you would not want to put it up in your house trust me it's like a starving deer on a dry brook looking for where can I get something to survive this is what Sinclair Ferguson says he says thirst real thirst is a terrible thing if unrelieved ultimately it proves fatal Thirst for God is often thought of a kind of as a kind of evangelical virtue, as like a Christian virtue, a mark of true spirituality. But we sometimes forget that the kind of thirst for God of which the Bible speaks is also a terrible experience. It means that we feel a famine of His presence, an absence of His grace and power. Spiritual thirst is painful, not pleasant. It may produce melancholy, not melody in our lives. It's not something we sing about. It's something that we, we, we cry about. Like we're so thirsty, we're starving for God. Psalmist goes on to say in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night. He's crying. 
He's not eating. I don't know if you've ever been that sad or that in turmoil in your soul where you're just crying and and you're not hungry. You lose your appetite and food has no appeal to you anymore. His tears are talking to him and they're mocking him saying, where is your God? And, And you can just see the picture he's painting here. It's like, Man, I'm so thirsty. God feels distant. I'm, I'm just crying. I'm so sad. My tears are my food. They're mocking me saying, where, where is your God? He feels distant from God. He feels lonely. Uh, if you've ever felt this way, it drains you of energy. Getting through each day is hard to do. You feel so sad. And as he's thinking about where he is and how he feels, in verse 4, he's remembering happy times. So he's going, I remember, you know, when I used to lead others in singing praise to God and we'd be going to the house of God and there'd be this whole procession with instruments and music and we'd be singing and it makes it even more painful in this moment because he's remembering these good happy times. Uh, and you know, some of that you may have experienced if, if not being able to come on Sunday mornings, every Sunday, if you would have been in this room, oh my goodness, It was so sad. It was like such a battle every single week because you guys weren't here. There was five of us. There was like one over there, one back there, one over there. We were just, we were like wandering around like this. Poor Zach's leading singing and he looks out and we're just like, sorry, man. Like, you know, it was just sad not being with the people of God. And that's what he's expressing. He's saying, I remember being with all these people and we're singing together and we're rejoicing in God. He says, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival, which I love because it shows the gift of gathering as God's people and how important it is to our souls. And so you see what the psalmist is doing. He's expressing often what we feel. He's giving words to express. It's okay to bring these things to God. It's okay to say, man, I feel distant from you. I feel lonely. I remember these times. I'm comparing where I am now to where I was then. That makes me feel even worse. I feel like I'm being mocked by saying, where is your God? Because I say I'm a Christian and I say I believe in you and I, you know, I trust you, but I don't feel close to you right now. And if you've ever felt that way, Psalms giving expression to all of those feelings. But what, this is what the psalmist does and what I want us to apply tonight. First of all, he begins interacting with God. I love this about the Psalms. This is why I appreciate the Psalms because our temptation is when we start feeling this way, the first thing we do is we begin to pull away from God. And we think, okay, I feel this way. I don't feel joyful. I feel lonely. You know, I feel distant from God. And so I'm just going to, God's forgotten me. I'm just going to pull away from God. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sing today. I'm not going to enjoy. I'll go to church if I have to, but I'm not going to enjoy it. You know, like I'm going to intentionally pull away from anything that has to do with the Lord. And that is the exact opposite of what the Psalms tell us to do. They say the more we feel that way, the more we need to pursue God and press into God and pray to God and pursue God. And so he's proactively going to God with his problems and discouragement and feelings. He runs to God. And this is really helpful. Um, I, I think another reason this is helpful is because I've seen with teens... And even with parents at time, when we begin feeling this way, one of our first responses 
is to run to people. And we think, well, I feel lonely and I feel distant and so I need, I need more people, you know, which, which isn't wrong to be with people and desire to be with people, but the Psalms, the first thing he does is he runs to the Lord. And so if you've ever had these feelings, the first thing to do is not try to fix it and say, what do I need to fix this? First thing to do is run to God and say, God, this, this is what I'm experiencing right now. Will you help me? You know, I'm coming to you, God, with this because you can help me. You're the one who has all power and all authority and all might, and I'm, I'm running to you with this discouragement and loneliness and despair I'm feeling in my soul. He runs first to God, and the second thing he does is he begins talking to his soul. This is so helpful. I remember learning this as a young Christian, and it really has helped me transform and get to, get to the heart of the matter as he begins talking to his soul. He doesn't assume that what his soul is saying is true. Look at verse 5. Look down at verse 5 with me. He says, he begins questioning his soul. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? So he begins talking to his soul. Okay, soul, what's going on? Why are you this way? And then he begins preaching to his soul. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. He begins talking to his soul, telling his soul what to do. And then in verse 11, he does this again. The same thing, it's repetitive in the psalm for a reason. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. He recognizes that his feelings are not reality. They are not true. Okay, this is so important for you to learn this as a teenager. Your feelings are not authoritatively true of what is real in life. And what's happening today is I've seen this all over the place. I mean... Tons of illustrations from, um, I, I hate to throw PBS under the bus, but from Sesame Street to Caillou to so many kids shows, which there is this whole philosophy of you have to get in touch with your feelings. Listen, I think kids are in touch with their feelings. I don't think they need to be more in touch with their feelings. I, need to, I think they need to put the feelings to death and get some new feelings at times. You know, you don't need, but they put this authority in your feelings. And what they tell you is, you know, whatever you're feeling is true for you. And it may not be true for someone else, and they might not understand what you're feeling, but it's true for you. And the Bible says, yes, your, your feelings are something you are experiencing, but they're not authoritatively true of what is real. Because feelings lie to us, don't they? Our souls will tell us lies about God, about other people. We'll judge other people, and we'll have these thoughts and these feelings, and these feelings of hatred and anger, and what we're thinking is not true about those people. And, we, and when we put authority into our feelings, it leads us astray from what God says in His words. Your feelings are not true, okay? They can be true. When they're guided by God's Word in reality, they can be true. There, there's moments when we sing to God and we experience joy and we experience being blessed and we experience the grace of God. They can be true, but they can also be false, okay? So that's what he's doing, okay? He's speaking to his soul and telling his soul to hope in God. Here's what Martin Lloyd-Jones says about this. He says, I suggest 
that the main trouble in this whole matter of spiritual depression, in a sense, is this, that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourself. I hope you get this, because this is what's happening in the psalm. We allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourselves. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? And I know when you listen to this quote, you may feel like schizophrenic, like what is going on here? There's two people inside of me. But that's what the psalmist is saying. His soul is talking and he starts talking to his soul, which is not our natural disposition. Our natural disposition is to listen to ourselves all day long, which makes me concerned for all the people who want it, as Simon says, because you're good listeners, right? You're, you, you guys did a great job listening. So you're just listening to your soul all day long, okay? I'm going to undo everything Bria did during that game, okay? Don't Don't listen. When soul says this, don't always listen to it. Uh, But that's our disposition is to listen to ourselves. And our basic disposition is to take subjective internal feelings and we invest authority in them and we begin to believe that they are true. Okay, which is very concerning if you think about what this whole series has been about in Mark 7 when Jesus says, from within us comes evil thoughts and immorality and sensuality and murder and strife and slander. All this is coming from within us. So take Mark chapter 7, those verses 21 through 23, and apply them over the the thought of listening to your soul. And ask yourself, is that what I want to listen to? Or does Scripture give me something else to do with those thoughts? I think it does. I think it tells us to die to those and to begin talking to ourselves. Um, you know, and all these, all these feelings begin rising up inside of us. Thoughts like, nobody likes me, and I don't have any friends, and nobody cares about me, and nobody's thinking about me, and um, thoughts of, they've forgotten me, you know, or they just want the, the worst for me. They're not real friends. We have all these thoughts that come in, up from within us that aren't true thoughts. And the problem with a lot of these thoughts is they're all about self, right? We're always the victim and someone else is always the person doing the wrong when we have thoughts like this about others. And the psalmist, while his soul and his tears are talking to him, he begins leading his feelings. He begins telling himself how to feel. Instead of listening all day and just believing these lies, he begins telling his soul, soul, hope in God. Soul, don't lose hope. You're going to praise Him again. Soul, God is my salvation. He's my God. Remember your God. He begins talking to his soul. He says, listen, soul, you feel distant and you feel thirsty and it's painful right now, but God is still there. Hope in Him. Don't give up your hope in God. And this is what C.J. Mahaney says about doing this. He says, when we focus first on truth, lo and behold, feelings follow. And they'll be reliable feelings because they're anchored in truth. Okay, so that's what the psalmist is doing. That's what I want to teach you guys when you're discouraged lonely, despair, you're listening to all these thoughts coming in about others and about God, begin talking to your soul. And for teens, one of the things I would encourage you is 
especially early on, it may be hard to do that. Like, where do I go? How do I talk to my soul? And I want to encourage you that your parents are an awesome resource to go and tell them, here's what I'm thinking. Here's the thoughts coming in my head. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I feel about these people. And I saw this post and I saw them and I saw all of them together and they're having this fun time and I wasn't invited. And the thoughts that my soul is saying, they're not your friends and they don't care about you and they've forgotten you. Can you help me? Can you tell me what I should be saying to my soul right now? We're going to do this in discussion time in just a few minutes. But when it comes to despair, discouragement, loneliness, all these things that we feel that the psalmist feels, we need to find truths to anchor our soul in so our feelings will change. Okay, feelings can say, so let me give you just a couple places to go when feelings are talking to you. I'm just, I'm not going to be able to read these because I'm running out of time, but I'm going to give you some psalms and some places you can go if these are feelings you have, okay? So you can preach truth to your soul. So feelings can say, we're all alone. All of us probably have felt this the last two months. Feelings can say, I'm all alone. A truth you can preach to yourself is Psalm 23, verses 1 through 4. Okay, when he says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. God, you are with me wherever I go, no matter where I am. You will never leave me, never forsake me. Hebrews 13, 5. You know, it's all these scriptures that talk about God being with us, that you are with me. So we're not alone. So when we feel alone, we take this truth of I'm never alone. Jesus says in Matthew 28, I will be with you always till the end of the ages. We, we can preach that truth to our souls. Feelings can say that God is distant and that he doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about my problems. We can even have thoughts like God is so big that he doesn't care about what I'm going through, uh, which is the exact opposite truth the scripture teaches. God is so big, he can deal with everybody's problems all at the same moment and be totally involved in every single person. That's how big he is. You see how lies can creep into our thought life. Go to Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12, okay? When you feel that God is distant and doesn't care. Preach that to your soul. Feelings can say that we're forsaken and lost. Joshua 1.5, I will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua is afraid. Moses has been leading the people of God. Moses has died. Joshua's called to do this now. I wouldn't want to follow Moses. Would you want to follow Moses? Not a good task, but God makes this promise to Joshua, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I will be with you. Wherever you go, whatever I've called you to do, I'm going to go there with you. These are things we can preach to our souls. And there's all kinds of scriptures like this you can go to. So what the psalmist does, here's what I want to encourage you tonight, is when you have those feelings that are telling you these, these things that aren't true about others and God, to bring those to the Lord, confess those to God, bring those to your parents, say, here's what I'm struggling with, and then go to God's Word and preach the truth to your soul and keep telling your soul these things until your soul believes this truth and your feelings begin to change. That's how we get to the heart of the matter. We bring it out into the light. We bring it to God's Word. We preach truth to our souls. We ask others to help us like our parents. And then God begins to transform us from the inside out. I think we have a pictures of the three trees. 
do we have that? So this is exactly what this is all about. Okay, do you guys remember this? This is from January, February, and March. I know it feels like a long time ago. We went through this every month. So I gave you copies of this. But this is the whole point of the series is, you know, we have the circumstance, the heat, whatever's going on in our lives, whatever uh, you're feeling, the fruit comes out. If it's these lies, our souls, despair, discouragement, loneliness, you know, these things that we feel, we get to the root of what we want and believe. And that's where our soul will often lie. And, and, and you have to dive down and say, what do you want? Why are you in turmoil within me? What are you believing about God that's not true? And we take whatever that is and we turn from it and we go to the cross, which teaches us God loves you so much. He sent his own son to die for your sins. So don't believe the lie that God doesn't love you or care about you or he's not concerned about you or he's not for you or he doesn't have enough grace for you. Those are all lies our soul will say. And it also tells us, man, he is with me. Christ has sent his Holy Spirit to abide within me. I have the Spirit of God living within me. If I've turned from my sins and trusted in Christ, I can never be alone because the Spirit of God dwells within me. And then the Spirit changes my heart. And now instead of thinking, here's how it changes us in thoughts of loneliness. Instead of just thinking, oh man, I'm so lonely and everyone's forgotten me and nobody loves me or cares about me. We remember Christ died for me. He loves me. He cares for me. Our heart's transformed. And then all of a sudden what becomes out of our heart is we start thinking of others instead of ourselves. And we start thinking, hey, what about this person? I wonder how they're doing. I should probably check on them. And how's this person doing? Instead of, and then we begin reaching out to others and loving them and displaying the love of Christ to others. And it's such a transformation in our souls. And the fruit we desire is born in our souls. We hope in God. We trust in God. We have faith in God. This is getting to the heart of the matter and preaching the gospel to ourselves. So helpful way to think about our souls and how we are to get to the heart of the matter and be transformed by the grace of God. So if discouragement is talking, what discouragement, what discouragement wants us to do is it wants to focus inward and backward. And getting to the heart of the matter, when God's Word is talking, it lifts our eyes upward and outward to others, to God, to Christ. We take our eyes off of ourselves and we begin hoping in God. And as Psalm 42 says, we begin remembering God is my salvation. He's my God. I shall again praise Him. I'm going to hope in my God. Okay, so what we see from Psalm 42 is we see that there are moments where we get discouraged. We feel these things. We feel lonely. We feel like we are despairing. We feel like we're distant from God. And Psalm 42 teaches us when that happens, when we're feeling those things, take that to God, interact with God with what's going on in your life, and then begin talking to your soul and teaching your soul, here's the truth about God and what God thinks about me. And what I want to do tonight is in our time of discussion, as families, or you can grab a member of our A-team or jump, with, jump in with another family if your parents aren't here, is I want to just have you think about for a few minutes what are some lies that your soul is often saying to you? What are things that you hear that you believe that are not true? And what are some truths about God that we can...
begin writing on note cards and putting in our pocket or make it the, make it the, uh, the screensaver or the home screen on your phone where this truth just pops up every time you look at it that reminds you about who God is. I remember doing that little trick for a while. I had a scripture memory on my phone and it just became white noise eventually and I wouldn't look at it anymore. So what I started doing is I would put a white note card and I would just stick it over my phone. So whenever I pulled out my phone, I'd have to actually remove the note card with the scripture on it. It's much more effective, by the way, if you're wanting to preach truth to yourself. So that's a little tip for you who have phones. But uh, what I want to do now is have a time of discussion. So here are, I think we have some discussion questions for you. So we're going to do this in families just to try to apply what Psalm 42 is teaching us to do. So what in your life is most tempting you to discouragement right now? It doesn't mean it has to be some massive thing. It might be for you. Um, It could be just something that just persistently is a discouraging thought you have. So something tempting you to discouragement. What untrue thoughts or feelings do you often have or are currently having? And parents, you can share with teens things that you battle with uh, if they're having a hard time trying to figure out what are the untrue thoughts I'm having. You know, you can help prompt them. Maybe things like this, but trying to get at these feelings that become authoritative that aren't true in our life. And then finally, one truths about God from Scripture can you begin to apply to your life to fight untrue thoughts and feelings? Come up with some specific text to write down and fight with each day. So we've got, um, we've got plenty of time, but I want to make sure we have time to, to hang out tonight. So let's do 10 minutes of discussion, and then uh, Josh is going to come back and lead us in another song after that.